Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of Unlimited. Today, we are talking about what to do when you've fallen behind. We're talking about this because that is exactly where I found myself. (laughs) I had a lot of intentions, expectations, plans, whatever, and multiple things happened. A lot of life things happened, and choices were made that led to other things, as well as things that were more intense than I anticipated emotionally, were present and thus took longer, needed more space, and technology. (laughs) Technology also happened where I was working on editing a podcast episode and everything seemed to have disappeared. So here we are, And I figured this would be a great topic to do a little mini episode on to talk about because I know that this is something that comes up for a lot of people. And it's also rooted in some societal stories that are really problematic. So let's talk about it, shall we? (laughs) We're going to talk about using shame as motivation. We're going to talk about stories that perpetuate cycles of harm. We're going to talk about disappointing others and personality traits that break you down. We're going to touch on all of these. I'm sure we'll dig into them more in other episodes. There are also several episodes that I will link in the show notes that engage some of these topics in more depth. So do check out the show notes. And without further ado, let's get started. Hey there, I'm Valerie Friedlander, Certified Life Business Alignment Coach, and this is Unlimited. This podcast bridges the individual and the societal, scientific and spiritual, positive and negative, nerdy and no, there's just a lot of nerdy. (laughs) Come on board and let's unlock a life that's as badass as you are. Our society functions very heavily on shame for motivation and for keeping us stuck, keeping us trapped, focused on what we aren't doing enough, and keeping it individual, keeping it about us as being the issue, being the thing to be fixed, being the thing that isn't good enough, basically expecting us to be machines instead of recognizing that we're human beings. And we have internalized a lot of that storytelling that says that we need to be a certain way. Otherwise, we aren't good enough. Not that enough is ever defined, because that would mean that we could get there and that wouldn't serve. So let's talk about this idea about being behind, because we say it a lot, because most of us experience this sense of being behind. I mean, most of my clients at some point in our work together, engage the topic of, I've gotten behind. And it is just a normal part of our conversation. Oh, I'm behind on my work. Oh, I'm behind on my checklist. I'm behind on my chores. I mean, I bet you could tell me many things that you are behind on. So let's recalibrate because I think that's what the invitation is. When it comes to talking about being behind, the invitation is, what does that even mean? (laughs) Usually it's that there's a misalignment between our expectations and reality. What we think we can do, what we think we should be able to do, and what we can actually 
do. This misalignment is conditioning because it keeps us going, it keeps us moving, and it keeps us from pausing. And pausing is where we see things. Pausing is where we notice stuff. Pausing is where we make active decisions that move us forward instead of reactive decisions that keep us doing what we always do. So naturally, it does not serve the societal power structures for us to pause, for us to give space. And hey, what better way to keep us from giving space than being behind? (laughs) So I invite you to look at this idea of I'm behind as an invitation, as an invitation to pause and check in. Where am I right now? What do I need right now? What do I want? What are reasonable expectations based on where I am? And this is the tricky part. The idea of what is reasonable is often kind of elusive because we are trained to not have reasonable expectations. We are trained to get focused on controlling other people, controlling things around us, controlling ourselves. And especially controlling emotions, controlling our emotions, managing our emotions, staying positive, and being responsible for other people's emotions, keeping them from being disappointed. The fear of disappointing other people is one of the biggest ones that comes up time and again with my clients. And it is very strong. And there is a lot of good reason for it to be there. And I say good reason, not in that it is a yay, it's there. It's more of a, it makes a lot of sense that it is there. Because it is part of what keeps us stuck. It's also breaking your body down. (laughs) I have been listening to the book, The Myth of Normal by Gabor Mate. And in it, he describes personality features that are most often present in people with chronic illness. Now, he does explain when he says this, one, that this is not to place blame. Personality is often very misconstrued. One, we see it frequently as fixed. It's much more dynamic. It's one of the reasons why I don't do personality tests, really. I think they're interesting and they can be affirming of like why we are where we are, but They're often used in a rigid way to keep us in what I would call a personality box and kind of stuck in doing and showing up the way that we think we are supposed to, which is not helpful. I've talked about this before. I'll have a link in the show notes to a podcast episode where I talk about that. But Gabor Mate also makes a point of engaging these characteristics, these personality characteristics have nothing to do with will or conscious choice. They are coping patterns, adaptations originally formed to preserve something essential and non-negotiable. They have a lot to do with attachment and the ways that we think we need to be in order to be in a relation with someone who's important to us, especially like caregivers, right, as we're growing up. He emphasizes that when it comes to illness or disease, No person is their illness or disease. No one did it to themselves, not in any conscious, deliberate, or culpable sense. So this is calling out the people who are like, well, it's just a mindset. Mindset caused this. No, 
No, no, no, no, no. As he explains, it is an outcome of generations of suffering, of societal conditions, of cultural conditioning, of childhood trauma, of physiology bearing the brunt of people's stresses and emotional histories all interacting with the physical and psychological environment. It's not something you did to yourself. It does make sense that it's there. And to notice it, to notice the patterns of it, give you power to start making different choices. And they may be small different choices, or they may be big different choices, depending on what you have access to, depending on what is available to you in your own space and in your relationships. And it's important to know that you do have some power but only once we see it and it's very difficult to see. So that's why I'm doing this episode, to call it out, huh? (laughs) So the characteristics that he describes, I'll list them out for you. One, an automatic and compulsive concern for the emotional needs of others while ignoring one's own. Two, rigid identification with social role, duty, and responsibility. Three, overdriven, externally focused, multitasking, hyper-responsibility. Based on the conviction that one must justify one's existence by doing and giving. Four, repression of healthy self-protective aggression and anger. Five, harboring and compulsively acting out two beliefs. First, I am responsible for how other people feel. And second, I must never disappoint anyone. This is where that story of being behind is playing out. It is, it is emphasizing certain values that we have in society that keep us rigid, that keep us in our place, in the structures of power in this world. So if you think about like who do these play for most strongly, right? Notice that not being allowed to be angry, always being positive, right? We got to be positive and taking care of other people, being responsible for how other people feel. The less power you have in a societal context or relational context, the more likely you are going to try and take responsibility for other people feel because that is critical for your survival, That survival is going to come first, even if it's slowly breaking your body down. And we don't shift out of that conditioning without conscious work, without a space that supports us doing that, without the little things that add up to an ability to make a different decision. So when it comes to being behind, know that this is part of the story. Often that story of being behind gets paired with the idea of being lazy. Oh, I must just be lazy. I didn't work hard enough. I didn't do enough. Lazy is not what we think it is. It is a cover. It is a story that covers over a need that we've been taught to ignore, that we've been taught isn't worthy of our time and attention. And usually it has to do with our humanness. Because we are trained to idealize machine-likeness, right? That time management, productivity, those are the values. So anything that pulls away from that must not be helpful, i.e. our humanness. 
You are allowed to rest. You are not a machine. So when lazy is coming up, ask yourself, what do I need? We're back to what do I need? What do I need? Sometimes lazy is an indication that you need more rest. Sometimes it's a need for support. Sometimes it's missing information that's creating overwhelm, that's pulling you away from doing the thing because it's confusing or too big or whatever. My son did a biography fair recently. He's in third grade. And I got to go to the fair and basically all the kids had made poster boards and had the person they were doing the biography on and a little bit about them, their background, why they chose that person, characteristics that they admire about that person. They did an amazing job. It's great presentation. I loved hearing them share. And something stood out to me, especially as I'm listening to this book by Gabor Mate. Almost all of the characteristics that these kids were admiring were things like being strong, selfless, hardworking, never giving up, overcoming adversity, oftentimes alone, or at least with unacknowledged support, right? So they didn't notice that. It was just the overcoming adversity focused on what that person did. And I thought, what am I not seeing here? I'm not seeing community. I'm not seeing needing help. I'm not seeing feelings, gray areas, quitting, failure, weakness, rest. And it jumped out to me because my child was also one of them, (laughs) didn't have that. It's not often a direct internalization. We are just surrounded by that messaging. And it's literally breaking us down. I don't bring this up as an invitation to beat yourself up with if you are a parent and this is something that came up for you. (laughs) So just to be clear, that's not helpful. Beating ourselves up usually keeps us stuck and just serves to perpetuate some of this dynamic, either by freezing us up and making us stuck in like, oh, I can't do anything, or long-term breakdowns, right? Like that long-term push to do better. Sometimes doing better is resting. Sometimes doing better is pausing. Sometimes doing better is going, all right, I'm behind. Now, instead of hustling to catch up, let's recalibrate. Where am I right now? What do I need? What will help me set reasonable expectations for where I am Sometimes we can't make a choice that we want to make, but when we can acknowledge that we want to make that choice, then we can make stair steps toward making that choice. So this is what I would like to do. I can't do that yet, but what would move me closer to being able to do that? I've had the whole thing about quitting come up recently with several clients who are like, I think I need to put something down, but I'm not a quitter or in a toxic work environment where... Things are not going very well. They were, but then suddenly they weren't. And it's like, oh, but I'm not a quitter. Stop labeling yourself. It's not about being a quitter. It's about assessing what you need and how you can show up the way you want to show up. What impact do you want to have? What do you need to support you having that impact? And some of that means recognizing what you do don't have power over, including other people's feelings. It's very difficult 
when we have been conditioned to take responsibility for making other people okay so that we can be okay. As adults, it is important to know other people are allowed to have feelings and you are allowed to have feelings and you are not responsible for their feelings. And that can be difficult and that needs space too. It can feel heavy. It can feel big. And that's where we need each other to help carry through those spaces. And even when someone else is carrying something heavy and you're carrying something heavy, being together and knowing that you're in a space together, you know, that whole like we're in it together, it started being kind of a lip service sort of thing of keep going, we're in it together. No, pause, we're in it together. Be together because we're in it together. Allow space for it because we're in it together. We're in it. And that's okay. That doesn't make me responsible for you. That doesn't make you responsible for me. We can acknowledge when our impact doesn't match our intention and make different choices, but only if we're taking responsibility for our part and not draining ourselves trying to take responsibility for what is not our part. So back to that idea of being behind. Recalibrate. That is an invitation to recalibrate, to forgive yourself for being behind, for acknowledging where your energy went, which can be carrying an emotional weight. Things take longer when there is an emotional weight to them. Not everything takes the same amount of time and not everything takes the same amount of time as it took another time when you did it. So acknowledge where your energy went, what you spent time on. Acknowledge that and allow yourself to recalibrate. You are not behind. You are exactly where you need to be right now, even when it wasn't what you expected or where you expected. You are enough. How much you've done is not what makes you valuable. You are intrinsically valuable. You are worthy of space. You do not have to earn that. Yes, we are functioning in a world that makes it seem that way. And there are certainly pressures and things that we have to do because we don't automatically have enough. And as a human being, you are already enough. And you are allowed the space to discern what your next steps are and what you want how you want to move in the world. That's something I'm here to help you with if you are looking for support. That kind of discernment is what I'm here for. So I invite you to grab a spot on my calendar. I have a number of very exciting episodes coming up, so hopefully technology (laughs) and life will be supportive for that for the next upcoming episodes. But I hope you will stay tuned for them. And I will talk to you all next time. Thanks for listening. I so appreciate you being here. If you got something out of today's episode, please share it. Leave me a review, take a screenshot and post it on social with a shout out to me. Send it to a friend or, you know, all of the above. Want to hang out more? Join me on Instagram. Or better yet, get on my mailing list to make sure you don't miss out on anything. And remember, your possibilities are as unlimited as you are. Allow yourself to shine, my friend. The world needs your light. See you next time.